1: This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, the Spotify Green Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversation that you listen to here every single day and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast like this one. Download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join my group. Follow me at Larry D.E.E. It's uh, I don't know why they didn't let me use D period, but they didn't. So follow me at Larry D.E.E. to be notified when my room goes live every Wednesday, 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, and join me when we go live every Wednesday night at Club 34-7. <coughs> What's up, guys? Back once again. It's week number 18, and um, well, for the first time in a very long time, Week 18 is not the first week of the playoffs. It is, in fact, the final game of the regular season, thanks to the extra week the NFL decided to throw into this year's uh, schedule. Uh, And because it's the last game of the season, that means we're headed off to Minneapolis to take on the Vikings in Minnesota because who doesn't want to travel to Minnesota in frickin' January? I mean, come on. Just, you know, all the sights and sounds of frigid – temperatures in Minneapolis, uh, isn't that fantastic. So, you know, just for everyone who's going and for the beat writers that have to go, uh, I know that you'll enjoy it. It's, it's a great time to be up there in, at uh, a place that's colder than a well diggers asshole on, uh, in Siberia in, in December anyway, to be there in, in January. And, uh, uh, you know, in this, in this type of weather, in this type of year, uh, enjoy that so um, we' our, our guest this week uh, as usual when it comes to the Vikings Chris Gates from SB nations uh, daily Norseman um, we talked about um, truthfully we didn't talk much about the game because why would you there's there's no stakes involved in the game I did do my research as to whether or not the Bears would be in second place if we were to win uh, on Sunday. And, uh, turns out, spoiler alert, no, we wouldn't. Uh, apparently there is some tiebreaker in there somewhere that the Vikings have a lock on that, uh, would ensure that, um, uh, if they do in fact finish with, you know, if we win and we're both seven and 10, we'd both be three and three in the division. We'd both be five and seven in conference that, uh, something somewhere along the lines within our common opponents, we, uh don't have the advantage uh, with the Vikings. So that means we could have our cake and eat it too uh, by finishing, by winning the game and still finishing in third place, thus getting the, um, well, through the 2021 lens anyway, the lighter schedule uh, with the third place opponents uh, in our 2022 schedule because we got the NFC East and the AFC East next year, along with, uh, if we finish in third, uh, San Francisco, Atlanta, and the Houston Texans Uh, as our same-place opponents next year. So San Francisco, definitely not an easy out, but uh, I definitely like our chances against Atlanta and Houston better than I would against New Orleans or Indianapolis, which would be who we'd be if we ended up in second. So I'll take that draw. But, um, you know, we spent a lot of time talking more about the future. Uh, The Vikings are in a similar boat to us uh, where they expect Mike Zimmer to be let go on Monday After the game uh, as well. And will they do as the Bears are doing and let the coach go and keep the GM? Um, You know, would he like to see if both go and start fresh or is he happy with Rick Spielman and what he's been doing with the team in his time as uh, general manager? Because the rumors are saying here in Chicago that, uh, you know, Nagy's definitely all but packed up his office because he's done uh, on Sunday, but uh, Ryan Pace, don't have any cardboard boxes lined up in his office ready to pack him away, uh, anytime soon. Or at least that's what the rumors would have you uh, believe. So, uh, but we t- we do cover a lot. We talk about this wacky Bears Vikings rivalry. We talk about the game from Monday night a few weeks ago, where where I tell Chris is like, you know, the Vikings beat us, or the Vikings won, I should say. The Vikings won, but I don't feel like they beat us. And uh, we we talk about that game and, and how weird it was. And it just kind of feeds into this narrative that Chris and I have been talking about uh, for all the time that I've had him on the show. Whereas like when the Bears and the Vikings get together, uh, you know, throw out the, the records and all that kind of stuff. And uh, throw out your preconceived notions of how you think the game is going to go because it often doesn't go that way. And then stay tuned for the end where I make a pitch to Chris about uh, something that we can do together uh, during the offseason. So uh, give that a listen, or go ahead and enjoy that, and uh, let's go ahead and get started. This is the Week 18 Preview episode of the Bearstalk Underground, so let's get to it. Hang up Well, our beloved Chicago Bears are headed off to Minneapolis this weekend, which means it's the last week of the NFL season, and we are playing the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, what else could it mean? I mean, it it absolutely has to signal the end of the regular season. Otherwise, why the hell are we going to uh, Minnesota in January? And here to help us preview this game between the Bears and the Vikings, as always, our good friend from the Daily Norseman, Chris Gates. Chris, welcome back.
0: Oh, it's good to be here, Larry. And yes, it is getting to be a tradition quite like no other. It just <laughs> needs that Jim uh, Nance, Masters music, and you know, uh, a sappy voiceover. And yeah, yeah, it, it's a, it, it keeps repeating itself over and over. It's Groundhog Day for for us.
1: Yeah, and and we get the joy of of Aqib Tlaib Talib as our color announcer uh, on Sunday. <laughs> But, uh, so that
0: means but that means we do get Gus Johnson. That is true. He, he's that probably going to be the only guy in the building that's excited about this football game. So <laughs> that's uh, that's something at least.
1: Yeah. And 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 Kalie and, and Tlaib gets to prove to everyone that he didn't take notes, uh, you know, <laughs> that he didn't do much research. I mean, obviously, he knows football. He knows what he's talking about. But, uh, you know, he he can't sound more confused at times. We we ha- we didn't have Gus Johnson. I think maybe he was doing a bowl game or something uh, that weekend or whatever. We didn't have Gus Johnson for the Seattle game a couple of weeks ago. But we did have uh, Aqib Tlaib, and he was an absolute nightmare uh, during that game. You know, incomplete sentences. Like, he would start a thought and not finish it and uh, and things of so that. You know, not to mention – you know that 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 the country twang in his voice—it just doesn't sound professional. So no, I I uh, I, mean, I, don't, I don't like it. So
0: yeah, I mean, hopefully, uh, hopefully, Gus will bring a little energy, and we can kind of forget that uh, Akib Talib is even there <laughs> for the most part.
1: So, Chris, I was I was trying to search for some meaning uh, in this game, and um, I was kind of looking at it. Well, it's like, well, the Bears have won two straight since we played on Monday night. The Vikings lost both to Green Bay and the Rams, so we're actually in a spot that if the Bears win on Sunday, we both finish seven and ten. Mm-hmm. And so I got myself to wondering: I was like, if we, if we win on Sunday, are we playing for second place? Is that happening on Sunday? And it turns out that, um, and the reason that I broke it all down is because we both finish seven. If the Bears win on Sunday, we're seven and ten. We will both be three and three in the division, and we're both five and seven in the conference. If it all goes down <laughs> that way, so I was like, Jesus Christ, yeah. what would the tiebreaker be? And apparently, um, th- there would be some kind of. I think you guys have the tiebreaker via common opponents, like because you beat the Steelers and we didn't, uh, kind of yeah. thing. It all kind of bre- like in the simplest of terms, that's where it breaks down because I'm sure that there has to be something else in there because we beat the Bengals and you didn't and, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, there's got to be another tiebreaker in there somewhere because I think – where were you guys? Were you 1-3 in three against the North, the AFC North?
0: Yeah, we lost to Cleveland. We lost to Cincinnati. We lost to Baltimore, but right. we did beat Pittsburgh. Right, so, and, yeah, and for us it was
1: them. we lost to Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cleveland, but we beat Cincinnati. So. Yep. You know, I'm thinking maybe it's it's got something to do with the NFC West opponents or something. I don't know. But because um, I think we went winless against the West this year. Did you guys beat anybody from the NFC West? Yeah, we beat Seattle. There you go. Well, we both beat Seattle. Damn it.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, let's see. Uh, we lost to the Niners. We lost to the Cardinals. Yes. We lost to the Rams. So
1: did we. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not it. Yep. Nope. So I have there's, no idea. Yeah, but I, it was explained to me on Twitter, not in a very in-depth way, but I put kind of posted it out there. Like, you know, do we win second place if we win on Sunday? And somebody said that basically the Vikings have it locked up one way or another, like strength of schedule or, or something like that. I don't Some, know. Something weird. Yeah, yeah, but it's like even if the Bears win on Sunday and it breaks down the way that I that I just, you know, broke it down, the Vikings still have the advantage somehow, which was – You know, believe it or not, good news to me because the same place opponents for next year, second place is Arizona, uh, New Orleans, and in the AFC South because that's our our AFC conference next year. It's Indianapolis versus the Texans in the AFC South, the Falcons, Mm -hmm. and the 49ers. Now, the 49ers are a tough out, but I'll take the Falcons and the Texans over the Saints and the Colts. Uh, in the same place opponent uh, arena so you know for it for a team and looking to bounce back in 2022 I'll take the uh, lighter schedule so it looks like if the Bears win on Sunday we get to have our cake and eat it too um, yep. you know so we, we get the seven and ten record but we'll still be in third place and then get what I mean, who knows, it could not mean anything next year in 2022 when everybody makes their picks and signs their free agents and makes their coaching changes uh, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, through the lens of the 2021 season, I like the third place opponents better than I do the second. So good luck with that next year.
0: No, I can totally agree with that. And seven and ten still sounds just stupid. Um, <laughs> um, it's going to it's gonna take like five years to get used to that. I bet, they, yeah. Well, I mean, just like we're all still calling...
1: Hadn't we're also calling the Chargers San Diego so
0: yeah i mean unless they add an 18th game we can get back to an even number again i don't right. know how they'd pull that off but yeah the the 17 game thing i mean especially in a season like this one where like half the week has been on the covid list in the last month and <laughs> right. whatever yeah it's been a little uh, it the the timing has not been great for a for a 17 game regular season but here we are and yeah once again it's a uh, Vikings app or Bears at Vikings for uh, for all the scheduling benefits in <laughs> week 18, uh, week eighteen. Yeah. I guess.
1: So let me ask you because you we, we we mentioned that you know there's even if the Bears win, you know we still finish in third place no matter what. So that takes the stakes uh, out of that. Um, Nagy is most definitely out the door. Uh, it's not looking great. For Zimmer, I mean, is that all but a done deal? I haven't heard much talk about that.
0: It it certainly seems like it's a done deal for Mike Zimmer. I mean, the way his uh, press conference went today, it sounded like uh, he's kind of been told that Sunday's his last game. And you know, I part of me feels kind of bad for the guy. I mean, I don't even necessarily think Mike Zimmer is a bad football coach or anything, but I think I've mentioned this one of the last times that we talked. He's just kind of reached the point that. A lot of coaches reach where the message just isn't getting through anymore. Sure, I mean this this is eight seasons for him in Minnesota, so it's taken uh, it's taken a lot longer for him than it takes some coaches. I mean, Denny Green got to ten years before he wound up uh, getting fired or quitting, depending on which story you believe. Right, but uh, yeah, Zimmer's gotten to the point. You know, he, he his message just isn't getting through. It's not resonating with the players anymore. Uh, I don't think him and Rick Spielman are on the same page anymore. He's throwing the offensive coordinator under the bus for what we saw in Green Bay on Sunday night. And, yeah, it's it's getting kind of ugly, and it kind of seems to me like he's already been told that Sunday's his last game as the Minnesota Vikings head coach.
1: Well, I would take evidence to the, the Spielman-Zimmer uh, tiff, if you will, to the way that he handled the Kellen Mond issue in the press this week. <laughs> uh-
0: Oh, I mean, yeah, that, that, was, that was really big.
1: something. I mean, I know Mike Zimmer kind of, you know, leans more towards to the coach that gives zero Fs, but you know, the way that he was answering that question, you know, there was some steam behind those answers when he was answering, you know, asking, you know, is, is Kellen Mond going to play this week, or uh, you know, or don't you want to take a look at him? He's like, what for? I see him every day in practice. <laughs> it's like, damn, yep. bro. Okay, fine. Yeah.
0: I mean I think the disconnect is there. I mean, you know, Rick Spiel makes these picks. I mean, you take someone like Mond, uh, you know, obviously a quarterback is not always gonna see the field in his first year, especially if he's not a first round guy or whatnot. But yeah, that was that, that answer was not uh didn't sit right with me because I mean Kellen Mond's just a, a dude that's trying to make his way in the league. Yeah. He hasn't really gotten a lot of opportunities. I mean I think Sunday night was the first game he was actually active for. This year has been a healthy scratch, literally every week so far, and yeah, I mean, we don't necessarily know if he's got anything uh, in the future with the Minnesota Vikings, but yeah, that was I, I didn't much care for the way he handled the answer to that question. I don't think a lot of other people did either. So yeah, yeah. It, it, it's getting bad.
1: Yeah, I guess that would be a good uh, be a good thing that uh, Kellen Mann himself doesn't have access to the to the press after a comment. Uh, like that, because I don't know if there—I don't know if I'd have a diplomatic bone in my body after hearing my coach basically roast me in front of the press like that.
0: No, I, I damn sure wouldn't either. I mean, that was—it was—he it, it was kind of uncalled for. And yeah. Like, like I said, he Mon didn't look great in the preseason or anything. Yeah, I get that. I understand that, but you know, the, the guy played three snaps against the Packers, or the only three snaps he's played all season. Uh, we we really don't know anything about the guy. I know Zimmer sees him in practice or whatnot, and yeah, it. I I, I don't care for the way he handled that, and I, I think that's just another indicator that he's uh, he's sort of on his way out the door, and him and Rick Spielman
1: aren't on the same page. Is Spielman going to stick around, or is he going out the door with him as well?
0: Uh, you know, you see what they're doing in Jacksonville. They fired Urban Meyer, and they've already said that they're going to keep the general manager around. I. Rick Spielman's been in charge in Minnesota for 10 years and, you know, the, the vision that he has really hasn't accomplished a hell of a lot. Uh, you're going to have to bring uh, a coach in here and sell him on that vision in order to, uh, you know, make sure that, you know, like we just talked about your GM and your coach are on the same page. And, you know, I, I personally don't think you should fire one without firing the other yeah. And I, I think they both need to go, so that you can get a GM in here that has a vision, and he can find his guy, and then they can sort the rest of the roster out from there. But yeah, I, there, there's something kind of nagging at me that thinks that Spielman might find a way to stay around. But personally, if it was me, I would uh, I would send them
1: both on their way. I have a uh, you know I, I agree with that because we're facing something similar. Uh, In Chicago, I mean, it's all but a foregone conclusion that Matt Nagy has done. But there are rumors all over the place that Pace might be sticking around. And I don't dislike Ryan Pace. He's done a lot of great things in his time in Chicago. Obviously, his misses are well-documented and and, and everything. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, you know, he's done great things uh, during his time uh, in Chicago. The win-loss record obviously isn't there. He hasn't won a playoff game uh, during his time. As a general manager, but he's put together a pretty decent roster, and I think you know the McCaskies might look at it as uh, you know. Whereas you know Nag- Nagy and and he both agreed that maybe Trubisky was the problem. That's why they didn't bring him back. That's why we started over with with Justin Fields. Maybe the McCaskies would think that. Well, I mean, I think it's become clear that Nagy was the problem as far as the offense and everything, not being able to go and and what have you. So, the, you know, we're going to see if, if the guy that put this roster together would be able to, you know, make some headway with a coach that knows how to use these guys. And, you know, maybe the general manager wasn't the problem all along. It was the, the coach and he doesn't use the players properly and uh, and all that kind of stuff. It might give him a window. To come back, I and mean, I'm I'm more in favor of starting over, like you said, starting over fresh, new general manager, new head coach, a, a team that comes in together, and you know ride it out uh, that way. So you know, but it, because if it goes this way, then you've got guys that are most likely on two different timelines. You know, you've got a, a head coach that's coming in thinking he's got some time to rework this, and maybe I've got uh, you know a, a year or two before there's any kind of pressure whereas the general manager, who's on his third head coach and all that kind of stuff, needs to see results right away or he'll be out the door, and then you'll bring in another guy and the head coach that he's coming into isn't his guy and it's it's all just a mess all over again kind of thing. Yeah. It's just so much cleaner yeah. to, to just start them both off at the same time.
0: No, I absolutely agree. Like I said, you want the, the two guys that are on the same page from the beginning uh, so that you, know, you go into the upcoming draft with the vision of what you want to do uh, what you want to do in free agency uh, how the roster needs to be reworked if you're going to be trading doing whatever and yeah you you can't have that sort of imbalance where you know maybe the coach goes a couple years and then the GM goes a couple years later because you never really get caught up uh, with both of them unless you fire them both at the same time so yeah I, I think Spielman and Zimmer both have to go and I'm not sure how long the Wils will wait until after the game is over. I can imagine that Black Monday is going to be the day everything comes down, but we'll have to see exactly how they want to work that.
1: Yeah, and just like that, um, Lafleur in Green Bay becomes the senior coach in the division <laughs> after a whopping three seasons. Because yep. uh, Dan Campbell's on year one and you know he's on year three, and they'll be the the you know, the senior coaches in the division after uh after Sunday. So so yeah. Chris, this is our, our our rematch, uh if you will. We met a few weeks ago on Monday night football. And I gotta I gotta say, all due respect, uh the giant or the Giants, we just played the Giants, sorry. <laughs> the Vikings won the game, but I don't feel like they beat us. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was such it was you know a signature weird, kooky, Bears Vikings uh, game. Kirk Cousin threw for a grand total of 87 yards against five guys who were just basically pulled off the street uh, in the secondary because we got bashed with COVID going into the game uh, with you guys. Um, You were able to take advantage and, you know, put your red zone opportunities in the end zone, which is basically what the difference in the football game was. But because we were zero for four in the red zone until our garbage time TD with zero time uh, left on the clock. But it was just one of those weird games where it just felt like the Bears were dominating yet everywhere. But the score, it read that everywhere, but on the scoreboard
0: yeah i I still have no idea what the hell the offensive game plan was that night like you said the the guys in the Bears secondary were bagging groceries the week before the the Monday nighter and you know bunch of dude do- it, it, it helps that that uh, Akeem Hicks becomes the best defensive player in the National Football League two weeks out of every season right. and they're the they're the two if that if that dude ever gets into the pro Football Hall of Fame his entire highlight reel is is going to be clips from games against Minnesota because yeah, yeah two, two weeks out of the year, that guy is the best defensive player in the National Football League. And once again, he ruined a lot of things for the Vikings offense that night. And, yeah, I mean, I think we got a couple of short fields and took advantage, and yeah. that was the difference. But I still don't know how the hell they only threw for 87 yards that game. I know uh, Adam Thielen wasn't out there. Right. But, uh, yeah, the, there's there's still no excuse for not even throwing for a hundred yards against a, a secondary full of guys that were either on the practice squad or, like you said, were free agents the week before, uh, leading up to the game.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it was it was a really weird game, but it made total sense as far as the Bears Vikings rivalry that the outcome just doesn't make any sense. You look at the, I think we had like double the turn or double the uh, first downs. We had uh, you know time of possession. You guys beat it. It was like the turnovers. And red zone. That's where, that's where the game was won for Minnesota because the Bears won it literally everywhere else. We had more passing yards and, uh, you know, more rushing yards and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, but it, here it was, uh, the Vikings were <coughs> two for two in the red zone. The Bears were 0 for four and there was your, your victory. And thanks to the garbage time TD at the end, it on paper appeared that the Vikings were in yet <laughs> another one score football game. So, um, yep. That you know the wonders never cease with these two, uh, these two great rivals, but uh, yeah. since we've since that game, the Bears are two and zero. The Vikings are zero and two. They were eliminated from playoff contention uh, uh, most ends unceremoniously on Sunday against the uh, Packers. Um, how's the love for Kirk Cousins these days, Mister Unvaccinated? Catches COVID just before the most important game of the season and uh, i don't know how much of a factor he would have played in the outcome because the packers are just regular season's greatest football team ever but you know how are people feeling about kirk cousins catching COVID at just the most absolute perfect time
0: i mean anybody who didn't see this coming hasn't actually paid attention to minnesota vikings football for the last 20 years (laughs) i think we i think we all pretty much expected this to happen and you know be They dodged the bullets all year until they they just couldn't do it anymore. I I know there's a lot of the stuff about, you know, oh, the vaccinated guys are getting it too and whatnot. I mean, who did he get it from and blah, blah, blah. I mean, the the bottom line is that he got it. It it was the worst possible time for him to get it. Uh, Sean Mannion is terrible, and yet the Vikings continue to roster him as the backup quarterback. Uh, You go three and out on five consecutive possessions. The defense held up about as long as they could, and then they just couldn't hold up anymore. And suddenly it was twenty to with with four minutes left in the second quarter. I believe it was six to nothing in favor of Green Bay, and we wound up going into halftime at uh, twenty to three because the defense just couldn't do it anymore. The the offense couldn't sustain a drive for more than three plays. Uh, I don't know how much of a difference Cousins would have made. I don't know if they would have actually won the game. But uh, I don't think they would have gotten embarrassed in quite the fashion they did either, because they they knew Sean Mannion was absolutely no threat to do anything offensively, yeah. and you know they handed the ball Dalvin Cook to nine, the, yeah, he handed the ball Dalvin Cook nine times. I think he got like thirteen yards. It was just awful, mm-hmm. and yeah, like I said, the defense did what they could for as long as they could, and you know eventually when you don't get any breaks because your offense can't sustain a drive, you just start leaking and giving up points and that's what happened
1: oh yeah as a bears fan i i I definitely understand the whole the defense held them for as long as they could and then the dam broke Mm
0: -hmm. at the
1: end uh i can't tell you how many times how many games just in the last three seasons 2019 2020 and then uh 2021 where um you know the defense would hold on uh deep into the third quarter possibly into the Fourth, it's a one-score game, and then all of a sudden, you know, that fourth uh, three and out from the offense, is that's the damn breaking. The defense has to go back out there for, like, their 70th play of the game halfway through yep. the fourth quarter. They just got nothing left. And, you know, oh, there's the there's the one that uh, put them ahead. Oh, and then there's another one that put them away uh, kind of thing. We've seen that many, many times in the last couple seasons.
0: Yeah, it's kind of been the same way with us. I mean, we've given up more points. I believe the stat was uh, we've given up 120 points in either the last two minutes of the first half or the last two minutes of the of regulation, hmm. which is more than uh, any team has done since the merger. Wow! Uh, bas- basically, the the two minute defense has just been awful. Uh, I think we've surrendered points at the uh, at in one of those two situations in pretty much every game on the schedule, uh, except for maybe the Pittsburgh game. And we darn near gave up points at the end of the game to Pittsburgh, too. They had an opportunity, but they uh, dropped the pass at the end of the game. So, yeah, the, the two-minute defense for the Vikings has just been putrid all year. Uh, it's cost them several games, and, you know, if, if not for some heroics by the offense, it would have cost them at least a couple of others. So, yeah, the people people want to complain about Cousins, want to complain about the offense, but, you know, Mike Zimmer got literally everything he wanted on defense this offseason as far as personnel goes, yeah. and this defense is somehow every bit as bad as it was last year, if not possibly worse, and I just don't understand how that happens, to be honest.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does kind of boggle the mind uh, when that yep. happens. Um, yeah, I mean, because it also kind of makes you wonder, is like, how is it that the, the ideal quarterback for the Bears, or the one that they... That you know they probably had circled on their list, uh, you know, falls into their lap at eleven, and yet we couldn't figure out how to make an offense work around him. I mean, Chris, I, I could detail an hour for you on how that was handled <laughs> incorrectly from the very beginning. So I mean, it just it was uh, you know uh, a disaster of its own making because of the way that Nagy engineered this whole thing once he finally had Justin Fields in his in his grasp. So, I mean, um, a guy that I've had on the show works for uh, SportsMockery.com. His name is Eric Lambert. Did an uh, article on Matt Nagy last week saying, you know, apparently Matt Nagy should quit coaching and go into scouting because yeah. he knows how to spot talent, but God help him, he doesn't know how to use it. Because the example that was given in the article was when Cordell Patterson became a free agent heading into the 19 season, um, naggy was pounding the table adamant we got to get our hands on this guy there's so much he can do for us got to get him we sign him to a two-year deal we get him in chicago he's a special teams ace all that you know he runs he runs the ball he's a receiver by trade you know and all that kind of stuff he touched the ball 28 times in 2019 Jeez. 28 times yeah. all of 2019 and then last year in in 2020 that number probably only went up because we lost to cohen in week three last season, mm-hmm. and it still only ended up being, like, 50-something for the entire football season, and that's with him serving as our second-string running back behind uh, Montgomery last year. It's like he's got the eye for talent, uh, but he doesn't really know how to use it. We see that on a week-to-week basis uh, in Chicago. Not to mention Matt Nagy's kind of been on this FU tour to uh, Ryan Pace the last uh several weeks because every person that Ryan Pace kind of praised uh, in a post-game press conference, young guys like Thomas Graham uh, Jr., who had a great game in his debut against the Vikings on Monday, Tevin Jenkins, our our second-string or second-round draft pick, and everybody. Nagy has gone out of his way not to play those guys since Ryan Pace made those comments. This past Sunday against the Giants, Tevin Jenkins had nine snaps in a game where we were winning 22-3 to at halftime, and Thomas Graham had seven. You know, it's like, what's the, why is Jason Peters out there in the fourth quarter? Dude, this, this season is over. We're ahead by four scores. Put the young guy in there. Let's see what he can do. Uh, it, was, it, just, it just boggles the mind uh, where Nagy's head is at on Sundays.
0: Yeah, and we're kind of getting the same
1: thing. I don't know if it's a
0: kind of a Zimmer Spielman Fu kind of thing, but you know, we mentioned Mond and the quarterback situation. But you know, the Vikings had four third-round picks in this past April's draft. Uh, Mond was one of them. Uh, they drafted Chaz Surratt at linebacker, and I believe he's been a healthy scratch uh, the majority of the weeks this year. Uh, Wyatt Davis was a two-time consensus All-American guard for a. Team that was playing in the college football playoff, and that that dude not only isn't playing, he's not even active uh, most Sundays. Uh, Patrick Jones, the defensive end, is only out there because of the injury issues and things they're dealing with with the uh, Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter. So, I mean, Spielman's drafting these guys. I don't know how much input Zimmer has into the draft and whatnot, but yeah, Spielman's drafting these guys, and Mike Zimmer isn't playing them. I mean, they only have really played any of the rookies. Uh, due to injury i mean we had uh amir smith marset who the vikings took in the fifth round and caught his first nfl touchdown pass against uh, chicago and the next week when the vikings went out on the field because of COVID issues uh they only had one name on the on the inactive list and it was uh amir smith marset so yeah it's just weird the way the the vikings are handling the roster i mean the, the guy, If you take guys in the third round, they don't probably necessarily have to start right away, but they should probably at least be contributing in some way. Right. And the, the, the guys the Vikings have drafted uh, really aren't, and I, I don't understand why that is. If they just missed that badly or if it's a personal thing between Zimmer and Spielman or whatever the case is, but hopefully when there's a new coaching regime in here, all that can get swept away and We can see uh, what some of these guys actually have.
1: This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. Come through and talk to me live on Club 34-7. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow me at Larry D E E to be notified when my room goes live. And again, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, you can join me on the Spotify Green Room for Club 34-7. Come in. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk bears. Let's talk whatever you want. But in order to do that, you got to download the Spotify Green Room anywhere you get your apps. <coughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I too uh, am looking forward to, uh, to that, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the game on Sunday because we found out today that Ryan, uh, excuse me, that Justin Fields will be starting for the first time since the Monday Night game uh, against the uh, Vikings. Matt Nagy has had fun shuffling through his quarterbacks uh, the last uh, <laughs> few weeks. This will be the third different quarterback since Monday Night to play uh, for the Bears um, this week because Fields. Do you remember Fields limping around at all during the game when we played on Uh, Monday night?
0: I'm trying to remember. I don't know if he got because they said he got hurt in the second
1: quarter. They said it happened in the second quarter, so before halftime. But I don't remember him hobbling around or even on the sidelines or you know limping when he's trying to run uh, or anything like that. And then it's just like Wednesday, he's got an ankle injury and he's limited. It's like, wait, what? When did that happen? So I mean, he played a whole half on that ankle. And then it, it, it's kept him out for the last couple of weeks. It's like, okay, I guess that happened.
0: Yeah, no, I, I don't remember anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I remembered him getting around pretty good for the most part. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he must have done something. or Yeah, I, I really don't know. But, no, I don't remember him being hurt uh, in that Monday night game against Minnesota or anything like that.
1: Yeah, so I, I figure he must have aggravated in practice on that Wednesday because he was limited on that Wednesday and then – did not practice on Thursday, did not practice Friday, and then was out against the uh, Seahawks. And with Andy Dalton, A, just back off the COVID list, and B, nursing a groin injury, we got uh, good old Nick Foles starting the game against the uh, the Seahawks with a kid that we literally just signed that week, serving as his backup, uh, elevated from the practice squad. So, I mean, it was uh, quite, a, quite a week. And then... Of course, Andy Dalton is healthy, so rather than start Nick Foles, who won us a game against the Seahawks the week before, we're going to go with Andy Dalton because that's how the depth chart works, and he's going to go out there and uh, play mediocre football uh, against the uh, Giants. But because we're playing the Giants, it was good enough to get us uh, a win. And then, hey, it's week 18. Let's throw the rookie back out there. Why not? You know, let's just go ahead. Yep and uh, risk him getting hurt again against the Vikings uh, and, and all the rest of that, as opposed to just using one of these deadbeats who won't be on the team next year and sacrifice them uh, to the Vikings. Let's throw the rookie out there. One final fu if if uh, Nagy can get uh, Fields you know, seriously injured before the end of the season and ruin his 2022 season.
0: Yeah, I've... And Mike Zimmer during his press conference today has already declared that uh, Kirk Cousins, who's back off the COVID list, is going to start this week. Uh, they're going to play the starters that are available. Uh, unfortunately, on Monday, uh, three-fifths of the offensive line went on the COVID list. Uh, one of them's back already because uh, Brian O'Neill uh, tested out and is back at practice today. But uh, the entire left side of the line uh, is currently on the COVID list with uh, Christian Darrisaw and Ezra Cleveland. So we're going to have to see... Uh, Whether or not they're able to uh, recover and make it by Sunday afternoon, but yeah, they're going to run the starters out there, and it's it would be so typical Minnesota Vikings football if something serious were to happen to Justin Jefferson or Dalvin Cook or you know uh, someone else that has it's going to have a prominent role going forward with this football team. So Mm -hmm. I hope that doesn't happen, but uh, at the same time, I absolutely. Would not be surprised if that wound up being the case.
1: So, as, let me ask you, the fan base for the for the Vikings should we expect the full house on Sunday or with you know Zimmer possibly on his way out? The playoffs no longer uh, part of it. You're, you know, like we talked about earlier, you guys are locked into second place. There's nothing to play for against the team that also has nothing to play for. I mean, I don't know if the Bears are a big enough draw uh, in Minnesota, Are we going to be having, or is there going to be a full stadium at U S bank on, on Sunday, or are we going to be looking at a lot of, uh, spectators disguised as empty seats on Sunday?
0: I have my doubts. I mean, and part of the reason behind that was something that just came down today. And I don't want to get into the, the, the weeds with the COVID thing or whatever, but the, uh, governor of Minnesota just, uh, once again, reinstituted a, a full mask mandate for, mm-hmm. uh, for all indoor venues. We had, we had not had that. Uh, prior to this week, so I don't know if that's going to turn some people off from uh, potentially going to the game. And, you know, I, I would like to think that, you know, Mike Zimmer's given us, you know, eight pretty decent years for the most part, and I would like to think that the fans would show up to kind of kind of give him a proper send-off, but I, I don't know if that's going to happen. So I, I would be surprised if because of, you know, apathy and now the uh, reinstituted mandates and things of that nature – I would be surprised if we saw a, a full house
1: at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday. So let's actually one, – one, one of the games I wanted to talk about was that was that uh, Rams game because that one was actually pretty back and forth. I got to watch a good majority of it with the Bears playing the Seahawks on the West Coast. That was the game that was playing in my area before uh, the game uh, – before the Bears came on at three uh, and everything quite the back and forth between those two teams, and in the end, it was the Rams that just kind of were a little too much, but it was it was a fight for the Vikings. I really thought they were going to pull it off.
0: I'm The, the Rams did everything they could to give away that football game, and yeah. the Vikings just it's, wouldn't take it. Ma- Matthew Stafford should have thrown six interceptions. He wound up with three, and right. he should have had twice that many. I mean, the very first pass he threw hit Cameron Dantzler right in the hands, and he dropped it, and... Yeah, I mean Matthew Stafford. I don't know if he was flashing back to his time with Detroit. Yeah, against Minnesota because you know the, the Vikings have set several sack records, uh, courtesy of Matthew Stafford when he was the Lions' quarterback. Uh, there was one they sacked him ten times in one game a few years back at U.S. Bank. But yeah, the Rams did everything they could to give that one away, and the Vikings wouldn't take it, and it wound up uh, ultimately uh, coming down to special teams because the. Uh, Rams got a sixty-some-yard punt return for a touchdown, yeah. and you know that that wound up being the difference in the game. And you know, once again, when the Vikings needed to make stops at the end, they couldn't make stops. Uh, we pay to improve the run defense, and we get worked by uh, Sony Michelle for four quarters. I mean, it was it was awful to watch. And you know, e- even though it was, uh, you know, another terrible showing from the defense for the most part. Uh, the Vikings still had an opportunity to win that game. And like I said, they they just wouldn't take it from the Rams. And, you know, it it eventually cost them just like all their
1: other uh, one-score losses have cost them this year. Did you feel like that was it? I mean, because, you know, the likelihood of going in. I mean, even though you guys have been more successful than Lambeau than any other team uh, in the division, with the way the Vikings have been playing. And, I mean, even before Cousins went out with – uh, with COVID and everything, it's like, it, did it feel like the opportunity to stay in the playoff hunt, you know, and have a chance to win Week 18 against the Bears at home, you know, could possibly get you in? Losing that game to the Rams, did that feel like that was it?
0: It it really kind of did, at least for me, because you know the the Vikings had beaten uh, Chicago to get back to seven and seven, yeah. and you know you figured they had to split those next two games to at least have a shot and you know having to split those next two games you obviously figure that the home game is going to be the easier get than going into Lambeau and beating the Packers again and yeah when when that game was over and the Vikings had lost I think a lot of people pretty much uh, came to the determination that everything was over for this year and that uh, yeah and then the Cousins thing happened and what little shot we did probably have of uh, pulling off the upset at Lambeau, evaporated, and yeah, that's, uh yeah, I, I think everyone pretty much knew it was over after the Rams game.
1: So if all goes to you know, to plan, if you will, um Mike Zimmer gets his pink slip on Monday. Has has the discussion begun as to who the Vikings and their fans would like to see come in and take over?
0: I think you're seeing a lot of the names that are kind of connected to a lot of the other openings around the uh, the NFL. You're going to hear uh Brian Dable from Buffalo, uh, Byron Leftwich from Tampa, although I, I think Leftwich is destined for Jacksonville, but that's just my trying to connect those two dots together. Uh, you're going to hear Eric Bieniemy. Uh, you're probably going to hear Todd Bowles. Uh, I wouldn't hate Todd Bowles coming to Minnesota. I mean, you can't hold being bad with the Jets against a guy necessarily. I mean, he, he's a solid coach, but, yeah, if, go, going to the Jets is not uh, – not the recipe for success for for a head coach. So I wouldn't hate that one. But, yeah, I mean, you're. I don't think there's any really unique names that are connected to uh, Minnesota. I don't think any of them have any ties, really. I know uh, Bianami was the running backs coach for the Vikings for several years. But, yeah, I, I think you're going to hear a lot of the usual suspects uh, when it comes to the uh, coaching search. I'm not sure how many coach openings there's going to be. I think uh, a lot of people have speculated five. Because you're going to have uh, Jacksonville and the Raiders. And then uh, I've heard Chicago, Denver, and Minnesota are going to be uh, participating in Black Monday uh, this year as well. So I'm not sure how many openings there's going to be. And, you know, with coaches being in the playoffs and whatnot, I'm not sure who's going to uh, be in, be available for interviews and when. But, yeah, there's nobody special that's necessarily been connected to Minnesota that we haven't necessarily heard from uh from any other coaching opening,
1: yeah, it's it's that um, it's that uh, that that special time of year where uh, you know the the names start flying uh, around. I mean, obviously here in Chicago, um, the fan base is divided on guys like Jim Harbaugh, you know, mm-hmm. and and if he can be enticed to come back to the uh, NFL, you know, Chicago has been widely rumored to be his dream job in the NFL to be head coach uh, of the Bears. And there's also talk about uh, maybe he goes to Las Vegas and takes over the Raiders kind of thing. You know, we're rumored to, oh, you know, could could be Leslie Frazier. You know, 85 Bear and... Uh, you know, he's one of the more respected coordinators in the league, and has head coaching experience, as you know, with the with the Vikings and everything. And you know, maybe it's maybe it's him, and you know, obviously, then you know, Byron Leftwich, Josh McDaniels, who is apparently a huge Justin Fields uh, fan, and and all that kind of stuff. Those names are all uh, out there, and I, for the first time in in you know. The several times that we've had a head coaching search, especially during my time doing this podcast, I've been doing the show since two thousand and seven. So this will be my we got Lovey, Trestman, Fox, Nagy. This will be my fifth head coach in the history of this podcast, and I think this is the first time in that in that span that I don't really have a leader in the clubhouse, if you will, as far as like who I'd like uh, to be the coach. Because when I wanted Pat Shermer you know, when we were trying to hire Nagy, especially after he just got done polishing the turd that is Sam Bradford and made him into a (laughs) playoff leading quarterback. Imagine what he could do with a kid like Trubisky Uh, was my argument and everything. And then we were the, we were the first team to hire somebody. We hired Nagy who was probably at the bottom of our list simply because I knew who the hell he was. Um, yeah, you know, of course, that's who the bears hire and they bring him in. We hired first, here comes Nagy and you know, the rest is, uh, the rest is history. This is the first time in our now our fifth head coaching search that I don't really have a guy that I would like to see uh, in there. I just, I'm just i at the point right now where just like anybody but Nagy would seem fine to me. Uh, at this point, you know, he's a great guy, and I don't have anything against him personally. It's just not working out, and we need to start over.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is going to be the fourth uh, head coach uh, for us. I mean, because, yeah, I started doing uh... – DN back with the uh, 2006 season, so we got uh, the Childress era, and then we got the uh, the Leslie Frazier era, and now the uh, the Zimmer era. And you know, for the for the Childress thing, I know he was kind of the consensus you know best available candidate because he had been with the Eagles for a while and they had gone to a uh, at least one Super Bowl that I can remember, and he was the offensive coordinator there. And you know, Frazier, they didn't really have much of a search because he was the Uh, defensive coordinator under Childress and then when Childress got canned he was the uh, interim guy for the final six games in 2010 and then they just kind of gave him the job and he lasted three more seasons and yeah then it took a while to get Zimmer I think Zimmer was the last head coach hired in uh, 2014 after all the other coaching vacancies had been filled and you know there were stories about how he was disappointed that he missed out on I can't remember what job it was. He missed out on some job and you know, he almost didn't get on the plane to Minnesota and then he got here and got hired by Minnesota and has had his 8-year run, but yeah, at this point I I don't really have a leader uh, in the clubhouse as you put it for, for our team either. I mean, I just I want a guy that, you know, is willing to bring an offense, you know, from this century uh into the uh into play. I mean, Amen, not yeah. Yeah, not the not the three yards and a cloud of field turf or whatever that we've been trying to run for the yeah, – I think I've said it on the show before. If Mike Zimmer could run the football 60 times a game, he'd run the football 60 times a game, yeah. and that's not the way to uh, National Football League success anymore. Uh, we got to have a guy who's willing to uh, kind of build things around Justin Jefferson because we don't need him going down the, uh, the Percy Harvin, Stefan Diggs road of talking his way out of town. in a few years because that would be pretty terrible because he's already so uh, well-loved by the fan base. But, yeah, those are the main things for me. They just need to have a a different offensive vision uh, from what we've seen because we've seen in the National Football League that if you have a really good offense, you can get by with kind of an average defense. But, you know, great defense and mediocre offense is generally not the uh, recipe for success.
1: Right, especially when it comes playoff time. That uh, yeah. I mean, just look at 2018 for the Bears, you know, one of the in the, the number one defense in the NFL that year. But uh, help it, you know, being um, what's the, you know, propping up uh, an offense that was averaging about 18 points a game going into like the last six weeks of the season going into the playoffs are averaging about 18 Points a game. Well, it's like our opponents were over averaging about ten or eleven, thanks to our defense, and we lose the playoff game at home, sixteen to fifteen. Our defense yep. only allowed sixteen points, and we still lost the game. Uh, kind of mm-hmm. things like, never mind Parky and the double doink. God help me, but you know <laughs> we only scored fifteen points uh, in that football game prior to that field goal attempt, and that's that's no way to win a football game. You know, it's, no. it's January; you got to be able to put something. Uh, together, the offense needs to uh, you know to be hitting on all cylinders uh, at that time because we how many times have we seen it 's not always the best team that wins in the playoffs it 's the team playing the best football uh, that wins like the the two years that the Giants won the super Bowls they were nine and seven and ten and six going into the playoffs, but they play were playing the best football. That one year, and I know you enjoyed this. They beat the fifteen and one Green Bay Packers in the divisional round to send them home early, and then they went sure on to uh, <laughs> went on to win the uh, Super Bowl and beat Brady again. Uh, you know that was a pretty sweet afternoon when when uh, the fifteen and one Packers got sent home uh, during the divisional round. That was so awesome to watch that. It's like it's yeah, cer- it certainly was. Yeah, the Bears. <laughs> The Bears went eight and eight, you went fifteen and one, and you played one whole game more than we did before you yep. got sent home <laughs> a lot of good fifteen and one did you so oh, yeah uh yeah, so I mean we'll see uh, I just um I just know that uh, like you said, a mediocre offense with a great defense that 's the story of my life you know because yep. i've i've you know i've lived through. Uh, the '85 Bears and Erlacher and you know Julius Peppers and now Khalil Mack and uh, Robert Quinn in the year he's had along with Quinn or, or yeah Quinn and uh, uh, Akeem Hicks and and the studs that we've had on defense in the last handful of years two playoff appearances zero victories uh, in that uh, in that time uh, under Ryan Pace so it's just like you you know or three if you want to talk about back in 2010 same thing. Great defense, mediocre uh, offense. Uh, You know, this was a defense that held Green Bay to a combined in three games, two games in the regular season and the NFC championship (coughs) game, a combined, you know, like 42 points or something in three games, and we lost them all. We lost all three games that year. We lost them all. Like, how do you do that? So because, you know, your offense can't figure out how to score points. We lost a 10-3 to game. To Green Bay we went to Lambeau held Green Bay to 10 points still lost so yeah it's uh it's it's a it's remarkable and that the mediocre offense it's it's amazing so I uh I know how you're feeling uh, about that you know because we're watching it every day in Chicago uh that's for sure and unfortunately we've missed our window with the defense or or uh, I don't know if we have because we we, we played 80 percent of it without Khalil Mack Uh, this year and Robert Quinn's got 18 sacks just broke the franchise single season record and everything so I don't know I all I know is that we weren't as stifling or dominant as we had been in the last couple of years and then our offense couldn't get it done on top of it and here we are our first losing season in the Nagy era and he's going to be headed out the door win or lose uh, on Sunday so the offense has got to be able to do it in today's NFL like you said three yards in a cloud of dust isn't going to get it done anymore
0: nope it certainly isn't i mean you know there there's a reason that not a lot of teams employ fullbacks anymore i mean the vikings have a a pretty good one and you know there, there just aren't many other teams that even have fullbacks on the roster anymore because it's it's a new era of offense it's spread teams out it's four and five wide receivers it's uh run pass options and yeah the the vikings just aren't built for it right now despite the offensive talent that they have and you know the the defense is uh is either aging or the guys that are on it are just not ready or not very good right now and I mean during the entirety of the time that I've been a fan of the Minnesota Vikings they've never really done a full on blow everything up and start over completely from scratch uh, rebuild I mean they've kind of done the uh, the retooling on the fly sort of thing and that's kept them just good enough to be competitive most years but you know not good enough to ultimately get to where uh they and the fan base want to go and you know i i really honestly think even if there's a year or two of pain involved uh that that's what this franchise needs is just clear everything out blow up the roster start everything over build around guys like uh justin jefferson and brian O'Neill and uh some of the younger players on defense, and yeah, just uh, just try to try to reset everything about the
1: franchise, pretty much. Just control alt delete the whole thing, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, is is um, I'm I'm kind of you know on the fence about the Ryan Pace thing. I can see the pros and the cons of either of either side. But like we talked about earlier, we're bringing in a new head coach, and I, I think that you know in a year or two, God forbid. Uh, even if we're a 500-football team, even though that term doesn't exist anymore, what with 17 games that, you know, things don't work out. Ryan Pace goes, but the coach stays. Like, they're apparently going to try to do in New York with the Giants. Joe Judge is going to stay, but Gettleman's on his way out kind of thing. Like, I don't get how that works at all. But, um, you know, it it just uh, – it's always better. It's cleaner to just, you know, cut off the – just cut of nip it in the bud and just start over uh, again and, uh, you know, see where it goes uh, uh, from there. I'm, I think I'm far more in, in league with that train of thought than, you know, giving Pace another chance, a third head coach to, uh, to work his way through and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So I, that's just, uh well, we'll get to Black Monday and see how it goes. We got to play this game uh, on Sunday. You know, we'll we'll see we'll see if they can't give us another entertaining, head scratching uh, football game where everything in the statistics <laughs> says the game went one way, but we look on the scoreboard and it went another. See if we can't uh, do that on Sunday afternoon.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, the most important thing for this one is both side for both sides is that uh, nobody of any uh, real important well, I shouldn't say anybody of any real importance, anybody at all uh, suffers any significant injuries because right. they don't need to. Be dealing with that going into the off season, but yeah, I mean, hopefully the game is entertaining. Hopefully we have uh, some enjoyment uh, out of watching the uh, the football game, and you know, yeah, everyone stays healthy, and we head to uh, Black Monday and start the uh, coaching and GM searches, and see what uh, you know what the off season and free agency and the draft is going to bring to us.
1: Well, speaking strictly as a football fan. Last year's game in the finale, where the home finale for you guys, I should say, um, with the David Montgomery versus Dalvin Cook thing was one of the more entertaining games that we had last season with the two of them just going tit for tat uh, with one another. You know, Montgomery, hit, he had 170-something yards. Cook wasn't that far uh, behind him and, uh, and everything. That was a lot of fun. I mean, you want old-school football. That was about as good as it's going to get uh, in that yep. game uh last year so it's like never mind that my team won i just like i really enjoyed watching that game and the you know the 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 trench the, the trench war going on between the two teams the running backs going out there and do those do their thing especially since cook and montgomery are two of the more physical runners uh in the league they earn every yard uh that they get so that's what made it fun uh to watch as well so maybe we'll get another one of those uh before we close the book on 2021
0: no that would be uh that'd be nice like i said we're uh, we're in part of the early window where all the uh basically meaningless games for sunday are so we can uh we can enjoy we can enjoy our game and kind of watch the uh the more meaningful games in yeah. the uh late window and uh sunday night fire up the uh fire up the red zone channel for the last time this season and yeah. you know just uh you know, just kind of enjoy the football and like i said we uh we get to keep our eyes on Black Monday and what happens with the uh, coaching and the GM searches for the Vikings and the Bears and you know a couple other teams around the NFL and see uh, who we're competing for, if anybody. And yeah, it, we can we can get through this game with no significant injuries and get on to the off season because I think uh, you know both of our teams have been looking forward to it for at least uh, a few weeks here. I think.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Well, Chris, as always, it was great having you uh, back on. Um, you know, we look forward to having you back on again. And I, I would actually like to extend an invitation. I was going to talk to you this off air. To hell with them. I'm just going to do it here. Um, <laughs> I want to have you back on at some point during the off season. And um, you and I, we talked about it on, on, during the last uh, show that we had you back on for the Monday night game, uh, and I sent you a link to the highlight reel of that game you brought up that weird 48 to 41 or whatever the final score game you know was to like have you on at some point during the off season to like the two of us kind of review that game and talk about that 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 shootout between Gus Farratt and Kyle Orton Orton. back in 2008 I mean what a I mean when I sat down and watched the the highlights is like, my God, I remember all of this. And this was the last thing in the world I was expecting from this game, but we had like 92 points scored between these two teams that were not very, that were not offensive juggernauts going into it.
0: No, we, we can definitely work something like that. I mean, we can, uh, we can maybe do it in the dead time between the, uh, the draft and the, uh, the, the preseason. I'm not sure what your uh, show schedule looks like, but yeah, we can, uh, we could definitely work something like that and kind of review that one and some of the other uh, weird uh, moments that we uh, seem to bring up quite frequently <laughs> during these uh, during these shows between these two teams.
1: Yeah, but you brought that one up, and I was like, the, the first thing that I thought of was like the craziest things that were happening in that game, the special teams issues that the Vikings had. I'd forgotten all about that, like how many points the Bears just got on special teams alone the one play that stuck out in my head was marty booker who is not known for his open field speed catches a <laughs> catches a pass like makes a basically makes a left turn to turn upfield and outruns everybody for like a 70 yard touchdown it's like when the hell did Marty Booker figure out how to do that? I was like, I've never seen him do that before. And he just caught a, a simple out route, then turn it back to the inside. He curls it upfield, and he's gone. It's like, where the hell did the secondary go? How did Mark, Marty Booker do this? And it was just such a crazy, crazy game. Uh, and, the you know, the Bears ended up uh, winning it and and everything. But it was just like, how did we get, like, 90-something points out of these two teams who couldn't rub two nickels together as far as offense was concerned going into it.
0: No, it, it was really something to watch. I mean, yeah, you, when you think offense, you don't immediately think Kyle Orton versus Gus Frerotte at, at Soldier Field yeah. or anything like that. So, yeah, that was that was a fun one. I mean, it would be it'd be cool to go back and kind of review that one. So, yeah, we can definitely make something like that happen cool. during the offseason.
1: We'll look forward to that, guys. We're going to have Chris Gates back during the – off season, We're going to break down that 2008, I think it was like week seven, matchup between the Bears and the Vikings in an odd, odd year where at the time first place was on the line between two, three, and three teams. That was <laughs> what they were saying to open up that clip, uh, uh, that that highlight reel that I sent you. So be on the lookout yep. uh, for that, guys. And, Chris, we look forward to having you back on, and best of luck on Sunday and uh, through the off season. By the time we talk – all of the questions that we have now will have been answered.
0: Yep, they sure will be. Yeah, uh, best uh, best of luck to you guys as well. And once again, uh, no injuries on Sunday, and hopefully get an entertaining football game. And yeah, we can uh, start what uh, appears to be a new era for both of our uh, favorite teams. So yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. And yeah, always happy to uh, to take the time and talk Vikings, Bears, and whatever else comes up. So yeah, thanks uh, thanks for having me, and I look forward to next time. All right.
1: as always I want to thank chris gates from esp nations daily norseman be sure to follow him on twitter at daily norseman to get the uh latest from him and his uh flock on the uh on our nfc north rival vikings and um I, you know what do you guys think of that that idea you know like i said I, I want to stay a little bit more active uh during the off season uh this year uh i don't know how much uh, draft or free agency stuff. I'm not really, I love the draft. I, I sit and I watch every single second, but I'm not a big draft nerd as far as like following prospects and, you know, looking at the tape of some guy that might go in the seventh round or, uh, or anything like that. I'm not that guy. I'm not, um, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a draft guy who does all the homework that will be able to tell you, you know, this is a guy that will go in the third or fourth round or uh, he would be uh, better served to be taken in the fifth and scouts love him. So he'll probably go higher and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to sit here and talk to you about a DB and his hips and uh, his hand speed and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, That's, that's not who I am as far as breaking that stuff uh, down. So uh, I'm not sure how much draft analysis or anything like that I'll get into, but I've been trying to come up with, with ideas and and stuff to do that would be fun, uh, during the off season to, uh, you know, like I said, stay a bit more active during the off season than I have been, uh, thanks to, um, the, doing the, um, doing the, uh, opponent previews, uh, again this year with the handful of episodes that I did, uh, during the off season prior to that, uh, and everything I've, uh, I'm closing in on 100 episodes for this particular season. Uh I think like this one that's coming out uh that you're listening to right now is 93 or 94 uh you know since January of 2021 after the season ended cuz the first episode that I did in 2021 was a was myself and Lauren Cox where we talked about the 2006 Chicago Bears because it was it was Super Bowl weekend and he uh, he and I had gotten together and we were hanging out in my apartment and we were talking about the 2006 season, you know, kind of like going into the Super Bowl. Let's talk about the last Super Bowl team the Bears had and uh, and the fun that we had uh, with that conversation. That was episode one and all the way now almost a full calendar year later. We're in the 90s in the episodes and I honestly I didn't I wasn't very active uh, during the off season, and I still managed to crank out almost 100 uh, episodes. So I th- would like to see if maybe I could pull that off here in 2022, and uh, find a reason and, and discover and make up reasons to uh, to do shows during the uh, off season. Because um, you know it, it's funny. I I can I can condition myself not to miss it when I'm not doing it, but once I'm doing it again. I can't think of why I wasn't doing it. Cause I love doing this so much. I really do. And, um, you know, like I said, so I'd rather not stop doing it and then rediscover my love for it two months from now, uh, when I'm trying to preview free agents in March and, uh, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, not to mention the 2021 season really isn't going to be over until we've hired a brand new head coach and a brand new, or possibly, uh, a general manager or whatever restructuring the bears uh, are planning on doing 2022 doesn't begin until after that is set in stone and we can go on from there you know so the 2021 season continues until we have a new head coach and a new possibly a new uh, general manager and uh then we can move on to 2022 uh and beyond so as long as uh as long as that's still going on, as long as that's still an issue, we're still dealing with 2021 and we'll be able to move on after that. So, Anyway, guys, uh, that is going to do it for this preview episode. Come on back tomorrow for the deep dive. We'll do uh, keys to the game. We'll do uh, news uh, and notes to get you ready for Bears and Vikings on Sunday to close out this 2021 season, even though we're Uh, nine days into the 2022 calendar year by the time the game uh, takes place. And then uh, we'll be back on uh, next Monday with our final Bear Up, Bear Down episode of the year and then wrap it up next Tuesday with the final Deep Dive review episode of 2022 before I'm sure, excuse me, of 2021 before I'm sure we dust off uh, Lauren Cox and bring him back for the year in review. And I'm pretty sure we'll probably wait to do that until after we have a new head coach, uh, in tow. So, uh, lots still to come before we close the book completely on the 2021 season. And, uh, one more show to go before we get to this week, 18 football games So come on back tomorrow for the deep dive preview. And until then, my name is Larry D and this has been the bears talk Underground.
0: Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whoa, sweet man, Gabe. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure.